Thank you for watching NTD Business. Coming up tonight, protests erupting across China over Beijing's extreme lockdown policies. Some are calling for the end of the communist regime. Elon Musk says Apple threatened to take Twitter off its app store. What did he say he might have to do? And another crypto firm files for bankruptcy as the FTX fallout ripples through the industry. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us, Don Ma here. Rare mass protests against COVID-19 lockdowns broke out in major cities across China over the weekend. Frustration over extreme lockdown measures has reached a boiling point for many Chinese citizens. NTT's Jeremy Sandberg has more on the weekend's demonstrations. No PCR tests. We want freedom. That's what these protesters in Beijing are chanting after having enough of the Chinese Communist Party zero COVID lockdown policies. The weekend demonstrations are the most widespread show of opposition to the regime in decades. Protests were kindled after at least 10 people died in an apartment fire in Xinjiang's capital, Urumqi. That's according to state-run media. The real number is unknown. Some say as many as 44 people died in the fire. First responders were unable to reach the blaze due to COVID-19 blockades and locks throughout the residential compound. The fire was left to burn for three hours. Angry residents demanded the citywide lockdown be lifted. Millions of people there have been forbidden to leave their homes for as long as 100 days. This man is telling police a three-year-old that died in the fire had not had a proper meal in months and only been eating radishes. Video footage went viral on Chinese social media before internet censors could scrub news of the tragedy. Outrage sparked as more districts around China announced their own lockdowns in response to surging numbers of COVID-19 infections. Protests spread from the city in northwest China to the capital Beijing all the way to Wuhan and Shanghai. Ten major cities have reported large-scale protests. Demonstrators are holding up blank sheets of white paper in a gesture that circumvents the country's strict censorship laws. One protester stated, we don't need to write anything on it. It's a symbol of the revolution of the people. Others hold up sunflowers, a symbol used by a student movement in Taiwan. Gunshots were reported at the protest in Wuhan. Blockades were broken and fences pushed down. Author and China specialist Gordon Chong says while many are correlating the protests to 1989, a more apt comparison is 1949 when nationalists lost people's hearts. He says the CCP has now lost hearts across the country. Crowds gathered in Shanghai for a vigil at Wulumqi Middle Road, a street named after Urumqi. A large group chanted down with the Chinese Communist Party, down with Xi Jinping. Police dragged people away, while others chanted, free them. Dutch reporter Eva Ramelou called the scene incredible. She says in her 10 years of reporting in China, she's never seen anything like it. BBC journalist Ed Lawrence was taken to the ground by a group of policemen and detained. Onlookers demanded he be let go, chanting, release him, release him. Police beat and kicked the accredited journalist during the arrest. The BBC put out a statement saying Chinese authorities gave no official explanation or apology at the time. Officials claim he was arrested for his own good to stop him from catching COVID from the crowd. BBC says they do not consider that a credible explanation. 
Chinese authorities later say he refused to show his foreign press card or leave the scene. The communist regime has relentlessly suppressed critical voices during the pandemic. Several citizen journalists and residents trying to document the toll in the early days of the CCP virus were jailed. Many Chinese citizens say they have had enough of the extreme lockdown measures and are willing to take collective actions to support their neighbors who test positive. Some experts believe the zero COVID policy has been a way for the regime to establish total control over the population. The Chinese Communist Party is sticking with Xi Jinping's zero COVID policy, even though most of the world has lifted restrictions. China's COVID case numbers have hit record highs for days, with nearly 40,000 new infections on Saturday. But China's numbers are considered unreliable. Many cases have gone unreported since the pandemic started. And as anti-lockdown protests flare up in China, protesters this this time around will not be able to use an important communication tool, AirDrop. AirDrop is a file sharing feature on iPhones and other Apple devices. It has previously helped protesters in China evade censorship. This is because AirDrop relies on direct communications between phones using Bluetooth. It doesn't connect to the internet. It's been used to spread protest material and messages as well as communication between protesters. Previously, people could turn on the setting to receive AirDrops from everyone. That changed though on November 9th when Apple released a new version of its mobile operating system. Now AirDrop can only be set to receive messages from everyone for 10 minutes. After 10 minutes, it will automatically switch off. There's no longer a way to keep the receive AirDrop from everyone setting on permanently on Chinese phones. And Chinese authorities stiffened security measures in Beijing Monday night at the site of weekend protests. While the streets of the Chinese capital seemed empty of protesters, many expect the protests to continue around the country. And now joining me live to talk about the protests in China is Frank Gaffney. He's an expert on China and the executive chairman of the Center for Security Policy. Frank, always great to see you. Great to be with you. Seems like you're on the road, so I don't want to take up too much of your time. But let me ask you this. Do some of the some of the protesters, they were chanting things like, you know, Xi Jinping stepped down, CCP stepped down. What do you think Xi Jinping is feeling in light of this? Angry, I'm sure. Um, they're raining on the coronation parade, the the honeymoon that he's supposed to have as the newly coronated emperor of China. And here you have evidence that uh, there are not only large numbers of people across the country who are furious about what he has been doing to them, to their families, to their, you know, uh, I'm sure their businesses, uh, their society um, through this zero COVID policy Uh, is now translating into a desire to overthrow the Chinese Communist Party and specifically to remove him from power. Uh, And that's now being expressed by, you know, significant numbers of people. Uh, Whether they can pull this off, whether they can continue to build momentum behind their protests all remains to be seen. Uh, Given the power of the state, given the social credit system, and the surveillance state apparatus available to the CCP and its ruthlessness, especially under Xi Jinping, um, it's uh, it's very uncertain uh, 
uh, how long this can go on, but it is to be applauded and it is to be supported, it seems to me, certainly by anybody who understands the extent of the danger that the Chinese Communist Party represents, not just to the people of China, but to us. Now, now you, you said uh, Xi Jinping is angry. Do you think there's an element of fear in, in that emotion as well? I think there's always fear. Um, these totalitarians understand that uh, they're a bullet away from being removed from power. And, uh, you know, it doesn't happen very often, but when it does, they're gone. And I think this is a question of, is it the case that the hold on power of the Chinese Communist Party is such that it can have confidence that all of the security apparatus uh, and the local police, as well as, you know, the Praetorian Guard are completely reliable. And I have the feeling that that's not the case. And we certainly ought to encourage the people around Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party uh, to make clear that they regard them as illegitimate and they want to be done with them. And that's what the people of China are now doing, and we ought to be helping them do it. What do you think uh, is going to be Xi Jinping's response in light of these protests? Do you think she might consider easing some of the COVID restrictions, or is he going to suppress the protesters? What do you think? Oh, I think it's likely that he'll um, opt for suppressing the protesters uh, ruthlessly and comprehensively. Um, I don't see him, uh, as was true of um, you know Deng Xiaoping at the time of uh, the Tiananmen Square massacre, the, the last time that you saw this level of opposition being overtly expressed by the people of China. Um, and that ended very badly for those seeking freedom and, uh, and demonstrating against the party. Um, that will be more likely than not the case here too, but all the more reason why we must make this as costly to the Chinese Communist Party as we can. Remember after um, the Tiananmen Square massacre, George Bush sent his national security advisor, Brent Scowcroft and others to Beijing to promise that there would be no adverse impact on business relations and diplomatic relations for that matter between the United States and China. That message must not be sent this time around. We must stand firmly on the side of the people of China, seeking to bring down, as I said, a regime that brutally represses them and mortally threats us as well. All right. I, I don't want to take too much of your time. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming today, Frank. Appreciate you letting me do it in my mobile studio. Thank you. All right. All right. And on Wall Street, stocks ended sharply lower today. Could be due to the sour sentiment from China. The Dow lost nearly 500 points, or 1.5%. S&P fell 62 points, also 1.5%. The Nasdaq dropped 177 points, or 1 and 6 tenths of a percent. And the Biden administration is allowing oil company Chevron to resume oil production in Venezuela, for now at least. The decision comes after the Nicolas Maduro regime and opposition groups resumed talks for the first time in over a year, which the Biden administration cited for the green light. Venezuela will have a six-month license to pump oil in the socialist country as long as it doesn't violate U.S. laws, engage in corruption, or abuse human rights. Republicans criticized the move. Congressman Thomas Tiffany of Wisconsin said, quote, why is Joe Biden so obsessed with killing oil and gas jobs in America and creating them in Venezuela? 
Chevron CEO Mike Worth cautions that getting its oil from Venezuela fields back in production won't be instantaneous. Venezuela holds about 300 billion barrels of oil reserves, the world's largest. But it hasn't been able to hit production targets because of underinvestment, poor maintenance, and a lack of supplies and U.S. sanctions. Elon Musk has revealed that Apple has threatened to remove Twitter from its App Store. He says, though, Apple didn't say why. Last week, the head of Apple's App Store appeared to delete his account, while Apple removed all the Twitter posts from its official account, sparking speculations. Apple is a major distributor for Twitter. Without it, you can only get onto Twitter on Android, online, or through your phone's browser. Last week, Musk decided to give general amnesty to all suspended accounts. This is part of his mission for free speech. This includes those who haven't violated U.S. law or engaged in egregious spam. Those suspended accounts will become unsuspended starting this week. Tech researcher Jake Denton from the Heritage Foundation says many of those accounts were unfairly suspended. He believes many of them didn't even violate Twitter's own policies. These accounts shouldn't have to go through an appeal process or, uh, you know, kind of have to work with Twitter to come back because they never should have been banned in the first place. It's not just necessarily big influencer accounts, right? Like your Donald Trump's or your, um, you know, Alex the Lord, you know, some of these other obscure kind of influencer types. Uh, they're the more kind of grassroots normal folks that were taken off the platform, the genuine, you know, average American who logs on and just wants to talk politics or, you know, speak their mind. That's where the big impact will come. And activist groups aren't happy about this. The Center for Countering Digital Hate says that this only benefits super spreaders of hate, abuse and harassment. One journalist said that Musk is putting people's lives in danger and that Musk will have blood on his hands. The founder of recruitment firm Genesis 10, Harley Lipman, knows many people who work at Twitter. He believes it's going to be harder for Musk to monitor undesirable content like hate speech. A lot of their compliance people who monitor hatred have resigned or been fired. So you don't have a lot of those senior experienced people who could sift through all this uh, distorted information about people that hate groups like to focus on. And I think that's going to be a problem. Plus, we have enemies, Russia, China, Iran, that are going to use this to create more havoc in the United States. If Apple and Google were to ban Twitter from their platforms, Musk says he would be willing to create his own phone. He tweeted that he hopes it doesn't come to that, but if it does, he has no other choice and he will do it. The CEO of startup accelerator New Chip, Andrew Ryan, has many friends who work at Twitter. He believes Musk could definitely create his own phone, but he doesn't think that Musk's phones would be available to the masses. Ryan believes he wouldn't be able to do it cheaply, and it would be likely a very expensive phone for the rich. He doesn't have the infrastructure, the setup. Like He had to lose money on Teslas for years right, to be able to get the infrastructure where it was. And I think the phone companies are very entrenched uh, in China and Asia with, with the factories. And so to be able to spin all that up overnight, would I wouldn't say it'd be impossible. It would be unreasonable to even attempt. I don't, because there's tons of phones. It's not a market where there's um, a needed penetration. The digital engagement manager of Lightful, Teresa Litza, has been using Twitter professionally for over 20 years. Litza says monetization fees will play a big role in this. 
or they want to launch the subscription service, like the Blue service. And this requires to pay the fees to Apple and Google as an app using their app stores. So this is around 20%, I think 30% for Apple. So this is quite an amount if you're thinking of monetization and the number of users that involves. So obviously they're trying to find a way from the Twitter perspective to not having to pay that price. Musk brought up Apple's 30% fee as well as this graphic. The graphic shows a car driving down a fork in the road. One path is labeled 30%. The other path is labeled go to war. The car appears to be going down the path labeled go to war. He also mentioned that Apple has mostly stopped advertising on Twitter. Apple's ad spent on Twitter is down 40% from around mid-October to mid-November, according to ad measurement firm Pathmatics. And moving on, another crypto leader has crumbled. BlockFi declared bankruptcy today. It's the latest financial casualty following the fall of Sam Bankman-Fried's FTX exchange. The New Jersey-based lender BlockFi was among the companies that got financial backing from FTX, which filed for protection earlier in November after traders pulled $6 billion from the platform in three days, and rival exchange Binance abandoned a rescue deal. Democratic Senators Dick Durbin and Elizabeth Warren are calling for FTX to release financial records. They want answers to questions about allegations of, quote, fraudulent and illicit practices. A Senate hearing on on FTX's collapse is set for this Thursday. And now we're going to take a short break. But if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. Still to come, the IRS warning that millions of Americans may see smaller tax refunds this year. What are the reasons? Bad news for Maine's lobster industry. Whole Foods is taking their lobsters off the menu. Why? That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. Americans seem to be opening up their wallets this holiday shopping season, at least for the early sales. Black Friday online sales hit just over $9.1 billion this year, according to Adobe Analytics. Officials there say it's an all-time high. Adobe says sales were strong for items like electronics and exercise equipment, but the record-breaking total was helped by higher prices. Consumer prices rose 7.7% in the past year. Analysts also predict strong numbers for Cyber Monday, which is underway right now. Frontier Airlines, the low-cost carrier, has decided to cut customer service over the phone. The airline says it has transitioned to fully digital communications. That means customers who need help must deal with an online chatbot, the airline's social media channels, or WhatsApp. The only way to reach a live agent is through Frontier's online chat tool, which is said to be available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Frontier said it made the change because its customers prefer to communicate online. It was fined $2.2 million in November by the Department of Transportation for extreme delays in providing passenger refunds. 
Prepare to be unpleasantly surprised. Your tax refunds can be smaller than expected for 2022, according to the IRS. And the agency says taxpayers will not receive an additional stimulus payment with the 2023 tax refund. A study from H&R Block found that nearly three-quarters of consumers who struggle financially depend on tax refunds. But many are still waiting for their 2021 refunds and federal stimulus payments. According to the IRS, the agency had 3.7 million unprocessed individual returns this year as of November 11th. And Whole Foods is taking lobster off the menu. The high-end grocery giant says it will stop selling Maine lobster at hundreds of stores across America. Lobster is Maine's biggest export by value. Whole Foods says lobster fishing is no longer sustainable because of declining populations. Environmental groups also worry that the lines and equipment involved in lobster traps can be a hazard to North Atlantic right whales. Maine's elected leaders are angry because they say Whole Foods is following misguided environmental propaganda, not actual marine science. In response, Whole Foods says it's committed to working with suppliers, fisheries and advocacy groups going forward. And NASA's Orion spacecraft is breaking records on its Artemis 1 mission. It's now surpassed Apollo 13's record for distance from the Earth. As of Monday, Orion will be more than 270,000 miles from the Earth. The record set during the Apollo 13 mission was just under 249,000 miles. Orion is currently in distant retrograde orbit around the moon. NASA is using the mission to help establish the first long-term presence on the moon. It's planning to use what's learned on the moon to take the next giant leap, sending the first astronauts to Mars. Orion is scheduled to return to Earth with a splashdown in the Pacific Ocean on December 11th. And that's all the stories from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter, too. If you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at That's all for today. Thank you for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.